1: PUT is a not for profit industry watchdog organization dedicated to exposing the truth about the shady, abusive practices of pharmacy benefit managers and how they affect American patients, healthcare providers, and taxpayers. On the PUTcast, we'll talk to pharmacy industry experts, influencers, and patients, always with the goal of bringing the truth, transparency, and solutions to America's prescription drug affordability crisis.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the PuttCast. I'm Monique Whitney. I am the Executive Director of Putt and the host for our show this month. Uh, It is November, and it has been a really interesting and fascinating year. 2020, I'm sure everyone on the panel tonight can agree, has not exactly gone the way that we thought it would go. But November is still a month where we as a country, turn our thoughts to gratitude and and the blessings that we have. And here at Putt, we are extremely grateful for our members. It is our members that make us who we are, who give us our ideas and, and inspire us to do the projects and the work that we do. And so we thought it would be really fun to bring together a panel of our newest members to talk about what they've been up to this year, uh, what their hopes are for the future and really just anything else that comes to mind. It's a free form chat this evening. So I'd like to start off by introducing each of our member panelists. And I would like to start with our board member, Deb Kevin from Minnesota. Deb, say hi.
2: Hello, everybody.
0: We are so glad to have you on. Uh, and uh, David Baggett, our member from Illinois. Glad to have you on. Dave, say hi. Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for having me, Monique.
0: <laughs> We're glad you're here. Uh, we have our newest member and also the founder of our newest chapter, Nathan from Michigan. Nathan, say hi. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here, Nathan. Really glad to have you. and Excited to talk about Put Michigan. And then we have our other board member, Jeremy Counts, also known as Lord Dr. Jeremy. Jeremy, say hello.
3: Hello, everyone. That's me.
0: Lord Dr. Jeremy. Uh, If Jeremy is not serving as a panelist, it's very likely Jeremy will become my my co-host as part of our, our show today. Uh, but let's uh, let's open up the, the conversation with everybody. So first of all, it's just it's great to have you all here. And every one of you comes from a, a different part of the country uh, where, where really interesting and different things are happening. And I thought maybe a good place for us to, to start our conversation would be just to, you know talk about what has been happening in your part of the world. And Dave, I thought we'd start with you over in Illinois. Maybe you could tell us how things have been going, uh, what your year has been like.
1: Sure, uh, I mean, I'd like to say that there were lots of ups and downs, but uh, very few ups and lots of downs this year. Um, we, we started off with um, getting news that uh, one of our state representatives uh, was going to introduce a lot of bills. He had, he had filed at least seven bills that were anti-PBM bills, mm-hmm. some of them more hard hitting than the others. And he was holding off on what he told us was getting the wording right of kicking PBMs out of all state business. So that would have been, you know, managed care, state employee uh, health insurance, retiree health insurance, and uh, workman's comp. So it, it was pretty exciting. And our spring session doesn't, and that's when it would have all happened, doesn't start until April. And as I'm sure everybody is aware, COVID hit. And uh the only thing our General Assembly did this year was pass a, a budget. So that was really disappointing. I my store is just a little rural store, but it's 30 minutes from the Capitol. So I mean, we have all kinds of state employees that come to my store. This would have been huge for me, you know, with 25 to 30 percent of my uh clientele being medicaid and then all the state workers that it would have turned my business around and allowed me to get back to uh, being full staffed and servicing our customers the way that we want to so we were we started off super excited and you know nobody really knew as covid hit what was going to happen but as we kept going forward it just became obvious that nothing was going to happen then we got the news that uh indy health a uh pharmacists formed Medicare Part D plan would indeed be offered in Illinois. And there were kind of ups and downs with that, With would they earn enough mo- or raise enough money to be able to be in Illinois, but eventually they did. So that that's one up. We're very hopeful that next year we will have some uh, legislation at the state level and that uh, the Arkansas case will have a result that leads to us being able to pass laws that will make a difference. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like a, yeah, it does sound like a total downer, doesn't it? Uh, (laughs) But uh, I mean, we're getting there and we're still hanging on. So uh, I'm optimistic, I think.
0: That's good. Yeah, I don't think your story is altogether different from what's been happening anywhere else. I wouldn't feel too bad about being you know, a downer year. 2020 and COVID has, I don't think anyone could have you know, foreseeing that it was going to go this way. But, but yeah. Oh, and
1: COVID did sweep through my store as well.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. You actually know firsthand what that's like.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Is it? Is it really?
1: (laughs) No no one at our store got very sick. And we do have two high-risk people. Well, actually, one high-risk person and her husband. And they both got it and both had fine outcomes. But uh, the logistics of keeping your business going through that... Oh my gosh. Um, but, you know, I guess uh, the PBM fight kind of prepares you that uh, if I can put up with the PBMs, I can, I can tolerate a little COVID.
0: Yeah, for sure. What's a little virus, you know, when you've got yeah. a much bigger <laughs> virus that you have to deal with for sure. Great. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, I would at this point love to have, Dev. why don't you chime in and tell us a little bit about, you know, your year and, and what you've been up to and
2: Well, like everybody else, we've kind of dealt with the coronavirus. Our patients have come in and out of the store. We've had the front of the store kind of closed off for a time frame where you can only do curbside service or delivery. Um, The PBMs did a wonderful job of sending letters and phone calls to all of our employees or all of our patients saying, You know, you don't have to risk your life by going into your independent pharmacy. Just kind of deal with us, and we'll send everything via mail order. Mail order. You know, we're going to deliver to you, but it's really through mail order. And so we lost quite a bit of um, patients through that. We've kind of kept things going. We've won quite a few patients back. It's it's been a challenge, but we just keep doing what we're doing.
0: And so, you know, I'm curious because when you said the thing about the um, winning the patients back, when we, in a little while, we're going to talk about some of the things that everybody on this show in some way has come up against the PBMs and had victories. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that. And also, I think you have founded a new support group where you are. We
2: have. So what I figured out in Minnesota is there's a whole lot of independent pharmacies out there that are feeling kind of forlorned. And I don't think there's anybody out there that's doing what we're doing or experiencing or experiencing. So I formed a group called Mindy's, Minnesota Independent Pharmacies, that there's almost 100 of us now. And we kind of came together to decide that we need... A group to talk to each other, to bounce ideas off each other, to be able to talk to each other and figure out that we're not alone. And it's been really wonderful. And through this whole thing, is we figured out that there's about a hundred of us in Minnesota that we're all feeling hit by the PBMs. We're all feeling slighted by the PBMs, and we're feeling like our patients are being siphoned off from us. And this is a great opportunity for us to all talk to each other and to figure out that we can together figure out how to mitigate through this whole thing and to make things happen in our advantage.
0: That's really great. Yeah. And I will want to talk more about the Mindy's as well. Um, And that actually gives us a perfect opportunity to go over to Nathan and talk a little bit about what you are doing as our newest member. Nathan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your year and what you've been up to.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Monique. Yeah. So, so new, new PUT member, our new, start, new chapter. And we, we haven't been really on the ground at this point, but I mean, getting, getting into why PUT and I think, I think PUT brings hope I think to the whole, uh, process of what's going on and echoing what everyone has talked about anybody who who is an independent pharmacist or, or is an independent pharmacy owner knows the struggles that are there and and for me personally it, it's just looking at these these dir sheets looking at it, it does it doesn't make any sense the numbers aren't aren't there it doesn't there's no logic to it and i saw what pot was doing i saw what was going on in illinois that's why I reached out to Monique and, and asked to be part of this organization. And I, I think there's there's a lot of steps that can happen and they can't happen unless we have a group, unless we have a common voice to make something happen. And I think from, state, from the regulatory side, I think number one is within states is to, to get Medicaid to pay fairly to pay Through the dispensing fee, NADAC plus dispensing fee, uh, which has happened in Michigan also, and making sure that we're not underpaid, making sure that we're not getting uh, paid less than what the drug cost. There's no other industry in in the entire United States where you get paid less than what you buy a product for. It it makes there's absolutely no rationale. And I I I know in the next. Five years, or, or even before that, there's going to be a Netflix documentary talking about this. How it doesn't make any sense, and I I think it needs, and I think there there are opportunities I, I to to address it, not just on the political side, but I I think within employers too. I think employers are are also getting the the bad end of the stick too. And, and there's there's a lot of data that was done through, uh, you know, three access advisors and these guys undercovered a lot through the state Medicaid system. And, and there's no doubt this is happening on the employer side, too. So from from our standpoint, uh, what we want to do is, is get independent pharmacy owners in Michigan together to talk. And just like Deb mentioned to talk about what's happening, so you don't feel alone and you know how to address these issues. And I think, secondly, is to bring awareness to employers, to what's happening. And a lot of employers, and, and personally, I've talked to them, aren't aware of what's happening because employers, the, all, what they're doing is, is just looking at what their deductible is, or, they, or for an employee side, they just look at what their, their uh, co-pay is, or, or their monthly uh, payment to, to, the, to their employer. So I, I think this, there's a huge educational piece that needs to be out there and that's what we're trying to accomplish. And that's my goal with this organization.
0: That is so great, Nathan. And, and so many of the points that you're making, I think really resonate with other people, You know, on the podcast tonight, uh, employer education is something that putt started out doing years ago we were trying to spread the word through the media and that was going as it was going, but we always kind of knew it was never going to just be, get this story told or try to get the laws changed. We always sort of knew that at the end of the day, how this is how the system is going to change is if the market forces the change. And the only way that that can happen is when you start getting into the, the payers, right? So we are, we are a country where, our healthcare is a benefit that is provided through most people's employers and employers are the kind of you know group shall we say that if they had all the background and all the information that they needed to make a truly informed decision on the healthcare benefits they probably wouldn't be doing the job they're doing they'd probably be a benefits broker because that's pretty much the only people out there who really understand the system the way it's operating and even then, I gotta tell you, I'm not sure that that's the case. So, employer education is a is a big deal, and I'm excited to hear that you have that as a focus out there in Michigan. That's great. Lord, Doctor Jeremy, uh, please introduce yourself and and tell us what's been going on over where you are in Virginia.
3: Hello, I am Jeremy. Ah, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to uh, revisit a few things that were said. Uh, I think. Number one, uh, us talking about how we had to adapt to COVID and uh, saying how it is actually harder to fight PPMs than it is COVID, uh, I think says a lot because we always have to be adaptable because of all the crap they're constantly trying to throw at us. We have to try to figure out, well, they're still in my patients. So I got to figure out where to get more patients. I've got to advertise differently. I've got to reach certain demographics. You're, we're always having to adjust. And then we we've been doing this for years and they squeeze to the point where it's rough and they just point everyone else to their own pharmacies and they, they start going, Oh, well, if you can't do the mailer, don't worry. We'll deliver down too. Oh, shut up. I've been delivering this whole time. They're putting out commercials, just patting themselves on the back. Shut up in these uncertain times. No one cares. They're still full of crap. And it just, it's like Dan was saying, They point them to their own mail order facilities or they they have them go to one of their affiliated chains, if it's not a chain they directly own, and say that they can have deliveries when we've been adapted to this crap immediately. And they think that these huge uh, corporations that are so bulky can respond in any way is ridiculous. But – it's really annoying, but the good news is, is there has been a lot of good things happening this year in Virginia. We passed a PBM reform law. That is awesome. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to see how it gets implemented. We want to give it a little more teeth. We want to do a few more things, but uh shout out to my representatives, uh, John Edwards and Chris Hurst. They both uh, voted for it. Uh, John Edwards actually was a sponsor of the bill in the Virginia Senate. Uh, they have both found a very grateful donor in me after that. <laughs> uh, and I think more lawmakers, I, I've had a few disagreements uh, recently where people think, Oh, you know, the, the, we got to redo the way that we're paid and everything else. I, I don't believe any of that garbage, but uh, I, people think that you can't make things better legislatively and you can only do so much, but you still have to do these things. I, they, if they don't listen to the law, then we at least have a way to challenge them on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we've we've uh, talked about Virginia in the past and the incredible turnaround that happened there because it was just a couple of years ago where it looked pretty different. And it looked like it was going to be your, – your future looked very different in
3: 2018. Oh, yeah. It, I, that's when I really started to notice quite a few things were uh, starting to hit as far as reimbursements how things are being done but it's it's started to turn around a bit i think what they're doing is uh, yeah we'll getting into the and everything else i think right now they are saying oh well we're actually taking less on DIR. i think they're ramping that up this year because i've noticed a more of a uh, less reimbursement up front but that's a whole other story. But Virginia, yeah, I think here in the future, whenever this law goes into effect and they have to start playing by the rules, it's going to do a lot for Virginia pharmacies.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I would invite Deb or Dave to comment on this, but I I'm right with you on the whole thing about the patient steering and about, you know, the the bigger PBMs that own pharmacies. And the worst one of all is the one that, you know, whose name shall not be said on this podcast. But you know this whole idea that they are a health hub and that they somehow are going to be the the savior of health in the community is really frustrating because they're a so criminal incredibly organization. yeah they're 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 so late to that party. Independent pharmacies have been delivering. They have been you know mailing uh, when they've been allowed to. They they've been the true health hubs of the community all along. You know I would argue that some of these giant corporations have looked at what works in independent pharmacy and tried to, you know, co-opt it for themselves and, and try to make it like they somehow invented it. You know, and I say that as a patient, you know, someone who in years past used to go to, you know, one of these big evil, you know, pharmacy retailers and, you know, would stand in line. It was not a health hub experience, you know, standing in line, watching someone buy their medicine and their toilet paper and, you know, whatever else they were buying. Uh, it wasn't, you know, wasn't the experience of care. It was, it was a very definitely different experience. Uh, I'm with an independent pharmacy now, and it's just night and day. But of course, you all know that because you hear me talk about that all the time. <laughs> um, Deb, Dave, I'd love to, You've, either of you, both of you, you know, chime in with your thoughts on, on that or or anything else you've seen in terms of what you've been doing in the face of this chatter all year long about, you know, how these bigger chains can somehow make it better for patients. I'll
2: jump in and echo that Lord Dr. Jeremy is exactly right. The things that the chain pharmacies are coming up with saying, oh my God, we're doing home delivery. We're doing all this wonderful stuff. Uh, Independents have done that forever. And the only reason that they are as successful as they are is because they're siphoning off our patients through our claims data or however they're getting it and making our patients go to their pharmacies instead of ours. And it just, it gets back to if we can get back to patient choice and patient access and a free market, um, independent pharmacies would be just fine. But when the uh, chain pharmacies are putting their thumb on the scale and tilting it towards them and pretty much taking our pages away from us, um, it's not a level playing field. It's not fair. It's not a free market. But it's what we've done forever. And it it's really irritating that the chains are saying, oh my God, let me pat myself on the back. We're now starting to deliver through Uber or whatever platform they're using. So they're going to put my Embraer, which requires refrigeration in between the fries and the pizza to deliver to my patient and it's all going to be fine. It's not fine. It's not okay. But that's where we are today because this whole system is just messed up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, Dave. What are what are your thoughts on that?
1: It, it, it's hard not to just uh, open up with a litany of, of four letter words when talking about. Uh, did you say we're not allowed to say that word on this podcast?
0: Uh, <laughs> you can say anything you want on this podcast.
1: I, I, I don't even. I, I don't even care about Walmart and Walgreens anymore. It's it's all it's all CVS. Those fuckers. It. What what they're doing. You know, they they direct everybody to them through either a financial incentive or flat out not even allowing them to come to our store. And then truly, do they not allow them? No, but the, the nation is brainwashed into thinking, if my insurance doesn't cover this, I am not going to get it. You know, it, it's the $6 generic or whatever you charge for a, a, a 30-day supply of lisinopril. It's ridiculous. Uh, oh, I just get so frustrated by it because somebody will walk into my store and now, granted, I only do 150 prescriptions a day, but they're if they bring in a prescription with counseling, they're out of there in 10 minutes. You, you can't even get to the front of the line in a CVS in 10 minutes. For, to have the gall to say that we're giving you good service, I mean, the only good service is, you know, Larry merlot's salary and his stock options. Uh,
3: and his sorry. limo
0: that he goes and visits the stores in, I am told.
3: <laughs> Larry Merlot has done more harm to our country than Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden is wishing he could he could do this to small businesses. Like he
1: would have been so happy to do this crap. I mean it's it's just disgusting. I, you know, I, I'm 56 years old to see that pharmacy has become this. I remember being disgusted that they put drive-throughs in. And and now it's just being cheap into this. But but let's be honest, there are plenty of people that still come to my store, and I'm sure to everybody's store who's on this call, who enjoys and appreciates the service that we offer, which is is true service. And that that means getting them whatever is within our means to get for them to make their drug therapy work, right? That, that shit isn't happening at CVS and, and our customers know it. They just sometimes have to go there because they can't afford to pay the copay that, you know, CVS is going to enforce upon them at our stores. It has to, we have to have to break through this somehow. I, I love the, the talk of talking to employers I mean, we have to reform this when we're when we're sitting here in a system that we are paying people to pay for our health care. And those companies go by the American motto. I have to make more every year. If I don't make my Wall Street expectations, we are not surviving. Therefore, the prices just keep going up. And up. We have to, for them, for all those three big companies to do that, they have to suck more and more money into the system every year. And who's that coming from? That's coming from the people that pay the bills. That's coming right out of your and my pharmacies and people's pockets who are coming to our counters just so they can keep growing. So I I don't even know the facts for sure. Where are the top three PBMs that are now insurance companies and pharmacies? Where are they on the f- top Fortune 500? Within the first 20, Monique.
0: Within the first 13, one okay. we have one at number five, one at number seven, and one at number 13.
1: And that's it, that's disgusting.
3: Especially when they're making all this money, offering shitty service. It is subpar service. It's not like they're offering anything new or good. They just they've rigged the game. And yeah,
1: we've got to pay and- to play it, and we still lose. And and add to that, the my fill in pharmacist works for CVS. He says CVS pharmacists are the most miserable pharmacists he's ever met in his life. They hate their jobs. It, they're making all this money. They're not even treating their employees well, except for Larry. I'd rather die for a chain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it it certainly gives you something to think about. You know, it's fascinating when you look at how. These major corporations which are sitting at the top of the fortune 500 and they don't manufacture a product and the only service that they provide is a intermediary service it it should tell us something about the state of our system and about you know how deeply deeply entrenched they are because we look at here at putt we talk all the time about what's going to be the solution like like the real world solution to fixing this problem so that pharmacies and physicians and specialists and all those people that are out there, you know, providing a service, a treatment for people who, who are ill or who need this assistance so that those people can earn a living. Uh, because if you break these conglomerates up, they're traded on the stock market. What happens to someone's 401k if that happens? That That's the level of thinking that we need to start you know, thinking at in order to even begin to have a hope to crack this problem. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it, but it, is the answer worrying about what's going to happen to someone's 401k? Isn't that void just going to be filled as soon as
0: they're gone? I hope so. Because <laughs> because I have a 401k and I certainly wouldn't want anything to happen to it. And that's, you know, as you, to your point, Dave, it's, it's not the reason to not break them up that they, they have way too much power they definitely have way too much power so nathan you've been kind of quiet i'm curious what what your thoughts are as our conversations unfolding here
4: yeah, yeah absolutely i i think it's this is an edge i mean this is what putt does is through through education but i think it's a targeted education to what's to what's happening and and i've talked to a lot of Health benefit brokers and and uh, heads of HR and and they they have no idea what's happening behind the scenes, and and they have no idea that the price the the price that they're paying these companies for drugs is, is uh, inflated a thousand percent sometimes, and and it's all based on uh, equations that that are there and, and and I don't know the exact details but. Uh, somewhere around the line of AWP and, and minus 75%. And, you know, anybody in the pharmacy world knows AWP is just some bogus, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you get drugs that Absolutely. are buying for two bucks and $2 and, and the AWP is $973. And these are all the equations are, are, are running through. And and it's this complicated equation that nobody is able to, to pinpoint. Nobody's able to uh, fully understand unless you're unless you're in the mix, unless you're in the soup to really know. And even then, it, we're we're still one. We're a silo as, as pharmacies. We're not communicating with the employer side. Everything everything's so non-transparent. It's almost it's almost designed to to, to be that way. And uh, I I think. With PUTT, it's, we have an opportunity to provide that education and, and to get out there, to talk to our, our county official, you know, people in charge of county, uh, you know, employee benefits, talk to people in the cities, talk to people in school systems. You know, they're in charge of, of thousands of uh, thousands of employees and, and they're, they're and this is mentioned earlier, their prices for drugs are, are consistently going up every year. And, and we know that the prices some generic drugs are going down and and it's just it there's no logic to the whole system and you, you can get deeper and, and look and in diving into you know we're forced into giving brand name drugs when when a much cheaper generic is available and that's it's done for a reason and it's not for our benefit it's not to the employer it's- it's to the pbm's benefit and they're the only one that are benefiting from this why would you switch from an advair why would you go for have an advair brand that's required on the insurance and the generic equivalent which is correct me if i'm wrong is made by the same company and you're forcing the pharmacies to use that and the same scenario with with insulin you have insulins that are that are made by I just looked at this the other Novo Nordisk Novo Nordisk makes uh, uh once again correct me if I don't have it in front of me I, I believe the hum- Novolog and the generic which is also on the market and that could that cost for like five five pens for one of the, uh, the pen injections it's about five hundred dollars you have the generic equivalent that's out there that's Two hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars. It is made by the same company, so so the, there's there's no rationale here, and there's there's one one group that's gaining from this, and we just got to get out there. We gotta we gotta educate, and then you know, it's getting off, you're getting getting off base of you know the the political side, but uh, politicians need to understand this also, and um, not only politicians, employers, and and pharmacy students need to know this too. I, I did a presentation at a, at a pharmacy school and I talked about, I asked everybody in the room, I asked, do you guys know what DIR fees? These are pharmacy students, second year, third year. There was, there was a crowd, there was a group of 30 kids, one kid, one, one student raised their hand and that's because she worked in an independent pharmacy. And it, that was scary to see that not anybody within the school even knew what was going on and were educated to what's going on so if we're going to make a dent in in making a change we not only need to come together as independent pharmacies and but also educate through through the the schools educate to the
3: employers Oh, yeah, these these poor fucking kids, they have no clue, no clue, because the pharmacy schools, they push all that crap that they've been pushing for years. Oh, we're going to get provider status and get paid all this money for doing all this stupid shit. Shut up. We can't even get paid for our inventory on the shelves. You're just giving them more reasons to pay us less, and they just push that more because they want to keep pumping out more kids because that puts more money in their pocket, and those kids got to have something to do. So that's what we're doing. We got to get a rain on those
1: pharmacy schools. Yeah, Nathan, I, I I am shocked that you even got in to speak with one. I went to St. Louis Pharmacy, and that yeah, it's a private school, and it was uh, it's in the town that Express Scripts is in. They won't let me anywhere close to their students to talk to them. It I, I called the president and had maybe a five minute conversation with him, and he just absolutely not.
0: I, I think that uh, to your to your point about reaching the students, it's fascinating that at that level, you are facing barriers. It's it's sort of like you need a whole new level of gag clause legislation to come out. You know, something's seriously wrong if you aren't allowed to tell your patients' employers that they're getting a raw deal or you can't get into a school to tell students what to expect in the real world. It's, It's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. And you know the question on the table is, how do what do we do about that? You know, in a in a perfect world, what would we do? And in an imperfect world, what should we do?
1: Well, I I mean I would say what we're doing, keep pushing legislatively. It I I think the breakthrough I've always thought this will come when 60 minutes does a piece on this and. There is actually more pressure on our federal legislators to get this fixed instead of them receiving the campaign contributions and whatever the fuck else they're getting from these guys. You know, it's if I remember when I first started getting active in advocacy, um, I spent an afternoon at my store looking up what the state legislators were getting from Humana and Caremark for some reason I had a uh uh I, those guys were on my radar that day and every single one of them I I got through about half of the senate and a, a tenth of the house and every single one of them had contributions from these guys it's it's disgusting i mean how do you compete with that but If the media gets there, and I mean not just social media, if a big media outlet gets this and other ones start talking about it, I think that might turn things. Nah, that won't do shit
3: it's it's too complicated on a federal level you can get some stuff done on the state level by educating lawmakers but on the federal level they're they're bought known they have been for years that you can expose things and they've tried like there's been a few things uh, it's come out uh new york times have done articles about it they i mean they've been exposed it's been out in the open they just they keep it's an open secret that they're leeches at this point but they're leeches that put money in politicians pockets and they give them a lot of cover because what are they going to do swing at them and miss and then what they start funding their opposition and they'll fund them well so it's it's hard to take them down and we can expose them and we can do everything else and we have to continue to but it's it's going to take more than just the media picking it up because the media has and they know they're awful but people also lump this in with the bigger problem of uh of large corporations in general they just think oh well it's inevitable when this is healthcare, we have to we have to quit quit treating pharmacy in our profession like it's know, we're uh fast food workers that's that was some of the worst uh things we could have ever done it was like you were saying the drive through and everything else earlier we we have to change the narrative and we have to give them a market option and we've been working on this uh you have to give them an option in which they can bypass these leeches and save money going directly to us while we still make an actual profit. And that's the way we got to go. We got to continue educating lawmakers, but don't ever expect the federal government to bow to any kind of media pressure over this because there's just too much money in it right now. We've got to go after them. We've got to hit them hard and we've got to hit them fast. And it's going to have to be a swing that takes them out.
4: And, and I think, I think too, we we have to, we have to learn from each other, and, and I i think learn from best practices. And and I think I think something that every state can, and I'm sure they're trying to to hop on, is, is getting the the NADAC or uh, you know, getting the acquisition cost of a drug plus dispensing fee to a pharmacy for for Medicaid patients. And uh, I, I don't know when this podcast is going to be going to be aired, but we're going to have uh michigan so i'm gonna do a little plug for the michigan uh michigan put association on uh, november 23rd we're gonna have our government affairs manager he's gonna talk from the state of michigan michigan pharmacy association to talk about what we did so that that that's an example of you know what we can do is is learn from that And and that i think once once the ball gets rolling there's been a few states that have done it west virginia Uh, Kentucky and uh, chime in if there's other other states that you guys know I think California is also I think yeah California California is going to ride I think once that rides, that that's going to it's going to be a domino effect and then from there it's it's getting the fairness right like getting to the Supreme Court case that that just happened uh, Rutledge versus PCMA and just getting the fair just fair reimbursement and then and then once one state goes then you know hopefully this this goes into a domino effect but we have to learn from the best practices and how it worked and and i know the state of michigan what they did is that they got the the woman from west virginia as as an advocate to teach how this how this happened to teach to teach how to educate the legislators how to how to make how to show uh data to prove this uh this is the way to go that this is a better route than what's been happening in the past.
1: Nathan, what is, uh, what will you guys be paid there in Michigan, NADAC plus.
4: I, I believe it's uh, NADAC plus $10 and 63 cents, but our co, come to our, come to our podcast or not podcast, but our event and, and I'll, we can share it later. It's going to be on the 23rd. And, That's uh, right.
0: We're excited yeah. about that. The, the November 23rd, it's the inaugural uh, Pup Michigan event, and it's going to be great. So everybody, everybody here should make plans to attend that. And also everybody listening. Look for more information on that coming. Uh, Dev, I'm curious about your thoughts on this topic, because you, you just recently were Featured in a news story there in Minnesota, and you have been working really hard at the legislative level. In fact, your you, your legislator, you have two who are solid pharmacy champions.
2: We do. We have people in Minnesota that understand the trials and tribulations that we have been through and that we need to continue to work through. Um, we've not made the progress that we would like to. Biggest problem is they passed legislation when it was phenomenally awesome but the stronger. enforcement side of it has been kind of rough so there are positions that are open to try to make the rules and the enforcement stronger however the i guess the getting into the positions to do that has been kind of difficult And as we kind of work through this, um, Minnesota has done a lot of stuff to do great things to keep the PBMs under wraps and to regulate them, but the enforcement side has been weak and we're really working hard to do that and we're making progress as we go. Um, I started a group called Mindy's, Minnesota Independent Pharmacies, and those guys have really stepped up. It's 100 um, independent pharmacies that have kind of drawn a line in the sand, said, you know what, we are really being hurt by things that are happening, which is happening all over the United States, but primarily in Minnesota, and we really need to take a stand, and we're trying to fight back, but the difficulty is with the swamp, as deep as it is, is really difficult to get things going. And we keep trying, we keep fighting, and we're just going to keep going all along the way. But with 100 people behind me, I feel a lot more better than 100 people Davids fighting against a Goliath. Than one person fighting against the Goliath. So we're just gonna keep going and we'll see what happens.
0: That's great, that's totally the spirit. So as we look to the, we're coming to the end of this uh, this non-year 2020. I'm curious, as you look to the future, what, what do you see are gonna be your your biggest priorities moving into 2021? And I'll just open, Deb, why don't we start with you and then we'll sort of work around the panel.
2: I would say there's been some great laws that have been passed that are supposed to corral and to make the PBNs more transparent. We just make the enforcement is the piece that needs to happen and then take those laws that have been passed and not only force the enforcement, but also circle back and say, okay, there's like 10 or 12 or whatever loopholes that are in it and if we can close those loopholes to make the pbms do what the spirit of the law is supposed to do that would make all of our worries go away
0: yeah definitely definitely dave what do you think what do do you see as the direction moving into 2021
1: well i guess the the biggest hope would be to get uh senator menard's legislation back on track um, and and get those laws passed. You know, hopefully uh, Rutledge versus PCMA gives us a good decision so that uh, it is legal for us to regulate these guys. And, you know, as Debs pointed out, and I, when I was at the, the putt conference in Austin, so many people said, you know, we passed these laws and they just kept doing the same thing. So, but still, we got, we got to get some some things passed. And I, I think the one big one that I'm really hoping for is getting them kicked out of all the state business in the state of Illinois. That would be huge. Because then I think hopefully with that, uh, that nugget out there, it would be easier to do with what uh, Jeremy's saying and, and educate employers and and get them to start looking at a different way of doing things. Just getting one of them done would be great, but uh, hopefully we can shoot for the whole ball of wax.
0: Yeah, definitely. We uh, we say around putt, something to the effect of go big or go home. It usually has more expletives in it than that. Uh, and on that note, Jeremy, what do you see for 2021? What should we be focusing on?
3: We need to focus on the fact that this is a goddamn war. Like our other organizations, they're trying to work with the PBMs. They're trying to be okay. Oh well, if we come to the table and we give this up, give, no, this is a war. They're never going to play fair, and we're at a disadvantage. The only thing we have is our flexibility. And so, in twenty twenty one, I I want to see us. And this is why I think Putt is the best professional organization we have. It's because we recognize these facts, and we're actually going after them. We're trying. We're not playing nice. And we have to continue doing that. And I think that's one thing I want to see out of 2021 is more and more people coming to join us in doing that.
0: Yeah, we have we've taken some big steps. We've uh, swung for the fences, as you know, someone once told us. We have submitted executive order language to the Trump administration. We have, in no uncertain terms, very directly said the answer to this is to to break up these conglomerates we are about to defend model policy language at the American legislative exchange council I, i'm I'm very proud of the work that we have been doing as an organization and and everything that we've done you know coming right back to where we started the podcast is a function of our members we found our way to the trump administration through a member we found our way to Alec through a member the 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 legislation, the recommendations—they came from members. You know, they, you, our members give us our our data. They they talk to us about their issues, and then we turn around and we we provide you know evidence and support and proof through the media that what they're talking about is real. So yeah, Nathan, what what, what do you think about 2021? What do you see as your priorities?
4: I, I, for for priority, I, I, our priority is a, is a put. New uh, new putt chapter in Michigan is, is to get awareness to as many independent pharmacies as possible, to get communication with one another, and to collaborate on on not only policies, but to what's happening in in the system, and to educate, and to get the group together to connect with employers to connect with cities to connect with whoever is providing health benefits to provide education because i i feel that that's there's no transparency in this and they need to know they need to understand and that's that's what we see and i i i'll pull put a little uh point there too i i after Hearing what happened in, in Michigan with uh, the change in, in the reimbursements for Medicaid, I, I, I believe in democracy after that I, I really do. And we uh, in just a brief history of what happened it this same budget was brought in brought into the state of Michigan in 2019 and in October 2019 and it didn't pass. And everyone's really excited about it, we had the data to show it and, and there was a lot of. Uh, you know, pharmacists that were disappointed by it, but it was rebrought in, rebrought back in, and it passed. It worked. And they were able to show to representatives, they were able to show to senators in, in Michigan that this is what's happening. And this is, there's other pathways. So I, I I truly believe in democracy after that. And and I know that's a, I guess now is a really good time. I guess is the, <laughs> the theme of the country right now. Uh, democracy, your vote counts and your voice matters. And yes. it, it truly does. And uh I I was never big into politics and, and I remember just even visiting my my uh state s- state capital in, in middle school, just absolutely no interest at the time. And uh but I think we all need to be interested in it and not only for, you know, what's happening in the country now, but uh, you know, for our industry and not only for pharmacy, independent pharmacies, this is for all, anybody who is a pharmacist needs to be interested in this, because if we don't change, then with with the, the PBM, Status then there's there's going to be no independent pharmacies especially in the rural rural areas there there's going to be uh, less jobs available uh, because even chain stores will be cutting because their reimbursements aren't as high and then ultimately what's going to happen to anybody who's a pharmacy student they're going to be less there's going to be less jobs there's going to be more competition for residencies so it's it's overall it's good it's going to hurt everybody who is who is a pharmacist. And, and I think I think that should be a battle cry, not just not just for independence, but for anybody who's a pharmacist to, to chime in to understand what's happening and to how to make your voice heard.
0: I think that's really well said, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. We are coming to the end of our podcast. And normally when we are ending, we ask our guests to share some advice that they have for the people who are listening. But tonight I'm going to ask you to share something just a little bit different. And that is uh, what would you say, or what would you want someone who is learning about putt or considering joining putt, what would you want them to know about putt? Why, why do you think they (coughs) should join putt? And Deb, why don't we start with you?
2: Well, I think putt, fights very hard for the independent pharmacy, not only a state level, but actually on an as- a national level. And if you're sitting in a store thinking my letter to my legislature, my email to my legislature, my phone call to my legislature isn't getting me very far. It actually is. It might take two or three or four times to contact them to actually get a response back. But Understand that everything that you do on a store level, individual level, does make a difference. But contribute to putt. Join putt because we have it figured out. We know who to talk to. We know how things work. We know how to push the envelope. And your dollars don't go to waste because it's a very small number of people in putt that are actually very vocal, very loud, and very willing to fight for you that your voice is actually heard and we are fighting every day for independent pharmacy and how things work and why things work and we just need the additional dollars behind us to help us but regardless of the extra dollars we're going to fight every day like crazy for everybody in independent pharmacy and please just step up and
0: help us Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Uh, Dave, how about you? What advice do you have for someone looking at putt?
1: Well, my advice is to join. Uh, I I mean, putt is an organization that is single-mindedly focused on eliminating these sons of bitches. I, I don't think, you know, there's no talk of reform. There's talk of get them the hell out. Um, you guys through all our members and and through Monique we understand what they're doing and if you just look at your tax return for the last few years and say what the hell am i doing here the people that have joined putt are the people that want to stay in here and keep this going join us and and get all the resources you can to fight these bastards and that's my, uh, endorsement of putt.
0: Thank you. That's, that's also really great. I'm so inspired. I should be asking everybody this question. Uh, Jeremy, Mr. Outspoken, uh, what do you think, what would you say to someone who is considering joining putt?
3: Putt in this year has done more for our profession and accomplished more than the other professional organizations have done in decades. They're useless. They're flaccid really. Uh, They have nothing, and they do nothing. And I know that some of them are trying to turn it around, but really I think that in the end they just want to play nice and kind of make sure that we might exist maybe. But as far as independent owners, the pharmacy as a whole, I don't think they quite get it. And we're the only ones out there that's actually making headway. We're actually the ones out there that recognize not only this war, but it is – it's a war to the end. Either we're going to exist or they're going to exist, and the world's a lot better if we're the ones that exist.
0: And for those of you who don't know Jeremy, we've been working with him. Uh, you can notice. You'll probably notice he uh, he holds back quite a bit in sharing what he really thinks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and by that we mean not at all. Uh, Nathan, um, what advice do you have for someone who's looking at putt?
4: Yeah, I, my my advice is is, is hope. And anybody who I think I think that this is an unfortunate scenario is anybody who is an independent pharmacy owner. There, there's so much in common, and the the theme is is what's happening to the, on the on the negative side. I mean, to to spin that to 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 state that it this brings hope. It brings hope to what's happening, and you you can see that there there's a there's light on the other side there there's there's hope on the other side of the rainbow and i think anybody who is who is feeling like hey there's there's no hope and there's nothing we can do you got to join you got you got to get involved you have to know what's going on politically or or you're going to feel hopeless and you're going to feel like there's there's nothing i can do but but there is and, and there is that that glimmer of hope and, and it's been shown and it's there and the resources are here to to make that happen and to understand that change can happen and there's this doesn't make any sense i mean bottom line everything that's going on there's no there's no rationale and our voices need to be heard need to be out there to show that this doesn't make sense, we are we are here to show you that, and we need to talk to the right people. And once you talk to the right people, that's when initiatives change. That's when policies change. That's when uh, you know the the lights turned on and understanding that this way can change. So that that's my I guess two cents on pot, and um, ultimately just hope. In, in, this, in this, I could call it a dark time, but I, I think there's there's, there's ways to get outside of this dark time and there, there's hope at the other side of the tunnel.
0: That's just perfect, Nathan, thank you. That is, that's the perfect place to bring our podcast to an end. Uh, to each of you, Dave in Illinois, Nathan in Michigan, Deb in Minnesota, and Jeremy in Virginia, thank you so much for taking time to be on our podcast and to share with us what you've been doing and just, just to have a you know candid conversation about what it's been like. We appreciate you. We appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, to the people who are listening, thank you for joining us and thank you for your support of PUT. If you are interested in knowing more about PUT or would like to join, you can find us at truthrx.org. There is a big join and contribute button on our homepage and we would love to have you come join us and with that i will say thank you everyone have a fabulous month and we will see you next month on the podcast